0: Welcome to Radio KAL, the Superman podcast brought to you by supermanhomepage.com. This is show number 23, released on November 29th, 2006. My name is Steve Eunice and I'm joined by my co-host Neil Bailey. Hi Neil.
1: Hey Steve, happy holidays.
0: Yeah, we're almost there. Christmas is fast approaching. Are you expecting any Superman related gifts this year?
1: Uh, hoping, but not expecting. I, I already ordered that massive set for a review, so basically it's down to whether or not I can get my hands on some real kryptonite.
0: Uh, real kryptonite? What would you want that for?
1: Oh, it's... <laughs> well, to destroy Superman, of course! <laughs> uh, I mean, rather, I'm going to make a chess set with a rock blanket. Yes, yeah, so a right,
0: rock blanket. yeah. Okay, sure, sure, okay. But, uh, seriously, speaking about DVDs, um... November 28th was, once again, uh, Superman Day in 2006... With a slew of Superman DVDs released, uh, special mention, of course, goes to the 14-disc Superman Ultimate Collector's Edition tin set you spoke of.
1: Yeah, it's insanely huge. I mean, I thought the collection was big, but 14 DVDs. I mean, I don't have that many sets that have that many DVDs, except for maybe the Monty Python collection, and that had like 16 for four whole seasons.
0: Ah. Now, if you visited the Superman homepage recently, you would have seen mention of the reported problems with a few discs, Uh, specifically that the Disc 1 of the four Superman the Movie DVDs didn't have the original English audio for the theatrical release uh, in Dolby Surround Sound as advertised, and that the Superman 3 DVD was simply the 2001 release and not the Deluxe Edition with all the bonus material as advertised. Uh, Thankfully, Warner Home Video has come forward and promised that they will correct the problem, uh, having set up a 1800 sorry an 800 number for people who have purchased the faulty sets uh, to enable them to get the corrected discs sent out to them uh, the 800 number is 800 553
1: 6937. That's that's even news to me right now I was just about to start complaining on the show but they I got scooped by my own editor <laughs> <laughs> so, still that's very cool I'm I'm glad they're going to do that as pathetic as this is going to sound I want my experience to be uh, I want to experience my Gus Gorman in style.
0: Yeah, well, you have to wonder how many heads will roll for this kind of stuff up.
1: Yeah, I'm guessing with the 14-disc set, they were more understanding than I'd imagine. I mean, mistakes are bound to happen. Somebody's going to lose their job, but still, if a 14-disc set set didn't mess up somehow, I'd be surprised.
0: Yeah, regardless of these mistakes, though, I still think that the 14-disc set is the ultimate Christmas gift this season. So, if you don't have it down in your Christmas wish list, get onto it quick.
1: Yeah, Amazon's got it pretty cheap, and it's a really good way to get the best uh, versions of all the movies out there in one fell swoop.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I'm also keen on the Kirk Allen Superman serials uh, from 1948 and 1950, which have also been released uh, for the very first time in any format.
1: Yeah, I get to see those. I hear they're good, though. I, I, I got the old Batman serials on the advice of Mike Cook last year, and they were entertaining very period and, and with the times. But uh, they were c- still cool, and I'm hoping the Superman serials have some simil- similar goodness to them.
0: Yeah, they uh, they are very good, so um, you, know, you won't be sorry if you do get them. And let's not forget the long-awaited and much-anticipated Superman 2, the Richard Donner Cut, which has also been released on DVD.
1: Yeah, I can't wait myself. I was listening to the Jeffrey interview we are about to play, and just from those few words, I got a ton of insight into the filming. Imagine what a whole new reimagined movie would do. And plus, this has been a fan movement for, what, 10, 20 years now? They even put it together, some fans did. I, I remember the little extra bits on the network showings as a kid that made me interested even back then.
0: Yeah, this movie came uh, about because of a huge swell of uh, public interest on the internet uh, from Superman fans. Um, our own Jeffrey Bridges attended a special screening in Beverly Hills on November 25th where editor Michael Th I'm not sure how you pronounce it was in attendance and he answered some questions after the audience uh, got to see the screening so let's cross over to Jeffrey's report now yeah.
2: Thank you, Stephen Neal. This is Jeffrey Bridges coming to you out of the Los Angeles field office for SupermanHomepage.com. I recently attended a screening of the Richard Donner cut of Superman Two at the Fine Arts Theater in Beverly Hills, California. Now, after the screening, there was q and A Q&A with the editor of the film, Michael Tao, and he had some pretty interesting comments. I'm going to apologize in advance for the echo on these lines. He was speaking with a microphone in a movie theater, which was not the best acoustics for that sort of setup, but you should be able to understand everything he says just fine. When asked about the final scene of the movie, which sort of breaks continuity, here's what he had to say.
3: We dutifully followed that record script, and indeed that's the last scene of the script. And, you know, there is definitely a feeling when you watch that scene of... Um, billification isn't the right word, but, you know, it confounds him to see Superman or go back and get a little revenge for the guy. And so I guess, yes, it's, it's a cheat, it's a cinematic cheat, but it feels good to see him kind of get even with the
2: guy. In the Donner Cut of Superman two as well as the theatrical release, Gene Hackman gets top billing over Christopher Reeve, and when asked why this was not changed for the Donner Cut, this was his response.
3: We actually tried, uh, did try to approach um, or, or call Gene in the last nine months again and again, again and his representatives uh, said he was very sick and um, he, he loves Dick and um, still to the from, from his experience three years ago almost. and um, I'm sure he would have let us if we had been able to get him on the phone and have him sign that he's made great lawyers wanted We really do want to do of
2: his work. Many of our astute listeners may already know this, but the original ending to the first movie did not involve Superman turning back the world. That was originally slated to be the ending of the second movie, and here's Michael Tao's explanation as for why that got changed. And the time travel
3: thing, okay, uh, the original script that Dick was shooting off, that Tom wrote, had um, basically toward down of Superman 1, Superman just kind of saved the whole replayed scenario, and Lois didn't die, and um, there was a lot of press, it was costing a tremendous amount of money, Um, Dick and Tom's names and careers were on the the chopping block, and they kind of looked at each other one day and said, the most spectacular thing that we have in both films is Superman turning the world backwards was scripted only to be at the end of Superman 2, the way you have seen tonight. So they said, well, let's just put the best part one out, that we can't, take this ending, let's have Lois die, we'll save the world, uh, and we'll turn the world backwards, saving her, doing all this. And when we come back to finish Superman 2, we'll figure out what we're going to do at the end of it. The-
2: when asked about what Richard Donner might have had planned for the battle between Superman and the three Phantom Zone villains over Metropolis at the climax of the movie, here's what he said.
3: Donner's uh, vision of the um, of a fight series over Metropolis over Hissler and the he in to mind, but there's some vision here that we have seen that Dick actually shot for his trailer he never saw it right today. And it's when Superman gets thrown the Statue of Liberty and he punches him on the tape And all the models work was done by his model units. Liberty was a model in you know, the background of the cityscape. And in different takes of this model stuff, there was flames and smoke all over the city. I think Dick's vision would have been he would destroy New York. I mean, he came New York, so it would have been a much different than that. Right.
2: He also went into a little bit of detail about the relationship between Richard Donner and Brian Singer, which goes deeper than many fans may realize.
3: Dick's known Brian Singer for a lot longer than people who realize um, Dick had owned the X-Men scripts since around the time that he made Superman. Took so, him and his wife that long to actually get the film made, and they chose Brian Singer and directed the first one. So that was six or seven years ago.
2: And he also had some choice words about the Solkheim's removal of Richard Donner from Superman 2 in the first place.
3: I don't buy uh, that, that answer would have cost us all kinds, you know, billions and millions of dollars that they didn't want to spend. Yeah. The, the reason for firing Donner, supposedly, was that he was, you know, he, he took too long to shoot, and he was too much for a professionalist. So why have Lester keep on shooting more and more and more, just to, just to get Lester's over the 50% yeah. footage, I, I, I don't think I, I buy that, I think it's
2: That's all for this time. Reporting from sunny Hollywood, California, I've been Jeffrey Bridges, back to Stephen Neal in the studio.
0: Thanks, Jeffrey, for covering this event and for submitting a great report.
1: Yeah, thanks, Jeff. Top notch, man.
0: Speaking of movies, let's not forget that the sequel to Superman Returns has officially been announced with Brandon Routh and fellow cast members being again directed by Brian Singer in what has tentatively been titled Superman the Man of Steel uh, the film is scheduled for a summer 2009 release at this point in time
1: yeah but but Steve it did horribly at the box office mm. where's the crack in the earth I don't see the apocalypse
0: yeah 400 million worldwide how terrible is that seriously though Early rumours have it that Brainiac and not Zod will be the major villain of the film, so uh, with all reports leaning towards a more action-packed film this time around, it sounds interesting, but it's very early days, so we'll keep you posted on all the news and rumours surrounding the project uh, as the uh, months and years go by.
1: Yeah, I hear the Brainiac is gay, and he's being played by Beyonce Knowles, and there's polar bears.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm guessing your sources need to change their medication, Neil.
1: Yeah, well, but I read it on a message board. It can't be wrong. Yeah. All clowning aside, though, do you see the Smallville episodes before the break yet?
0: Uh, not caught up yet. Um, Still, I think, two episodes behind you guys.
1: Yeah, well, you've you got a palm print and a little burden ahead of you. I'm sure you've read the spoilers by necessity.
0: Yeah, editing your revu- your reviews makes it impossible for me to be surprised by the episodes.
1: Yeah, I mean, you, see, you you probably even know the colour of Lana's fingernails by the end of one of those monsters.
0: <laughs> yeah, I actually go in expecting the worst after reading your reviews, but once I actually get to see them, they're not too bad after all.
1: I hope so. I hope so, actually. That's the whole thing a criticism, in my belief. I mean, I think a casual viewer just won't, heck, shouldn't go to the length that I do.
0: Yeah. So, in your opinion, do you think Season 6 is better or worse than Season 5 so far?
1: Right now, so far, I think it's uh, worse than even season four. I mean, which is sad. Four is at least had a little nostalgia and a little coherent plot thread. I mean, Lionel was doing strange things that I didn't like in going good or whatever it was, but at least he was consistent in it. And Jonathan was there, Lana had an alternate focus that wasn't Lex. I mean, now she just has an alternate focus and it's Lex. So there were a lot of decent things, even if the writing tended to suck, and now there's a lot of inconsistencies, the focus of the show isn't really Clark anymore, and mm-hmm. it's had per show more freaks than any other season. Um, they play lip service to him moving into his final role, but really it's just other characters telling him what to do instead of him making choices. Oh, and did I mention that Marnell, Martha and Lionel almost kiss? I mean, let's spit on John Boy some more, shall we?
0: <laughs> yeah, the characters are hardly recognizable anymore. I mean, Lana is not the Lana we know, Martha is not the Martha we know, Clark is mostly brain-dead, and Lex is pandering to Lana's needs and moods, and he's not the Lex that we expect to see. The only character I'm really enjoying at the moment is Chloe.
1: Yeah. yeah, Chloe's always treated like a doormat. I mean, there are entertaining things on the show, but like I said in my review, right now it's Star Trek trying to pass it off, so its, pass itself off as Star Wars. They're moving towards something great in terms of the JLA, or at least trying to. But they kind of forgotten the focus, and they're so wrapped up in their own else worlds that they forget what they started for. They're paying the price in the ratings too. I mean, granted they're getting millions of viewers, but they're cutting into the show for advertising. The effects are obviously less refined. And as I recall, they used to get what like a six share, and now they get mm. a three. I mean, the, numbers, the number one show in Smallville is on gets three times the rating the show does. And th- they're still the top show on, on, on the CW, um, but that means about Jack squat in terms of storytelling to me in, in, in yeah. the field they've got.
0: Yeah, well, let's hope that the rest of the season continues along a more coherent path. Um, but as for the comic books, do you find that there's less and less to speak about in our podcasts when it comes to the comics? Because there just isn't enough material for us to discuss between shows.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's kind of sad. I mean, I went to the store all eager to see Action 8:45, and then I had to wait another week, and we're still waiting on All Star Superman, and there are four books out there, so it shouldn't be like it it should be just like it used to be, but in reality, it isn't. I mean, All Star is habitually late and bi-monthly. Confidential's kind of off to a good start. I like that. Action Mm. is chugging along, but that second issue got mixed reviews, and not just from me. I'm seeing it across the internet, and. Superman-Batman has been really tangential, if in a curious way, and continuity, don't even get me started on continuity. Or or maybe do, I don't know. I get people who urge us to forget the coherent framework, but then, like, as I always counter back, the coherent framework is the only thing from which a great story can spring, a truly great, non archetypical story, I mean... I think it's think creator BS. I think they want to give creators all kinds of freedom, which is good, mm. but where that should stop is when it becomes the freedom to be late, the freedom to alter the coherent framework when it's convenient, and the freedom to do whatever you'd like with the character that should have a clear focus across a medium like, like Superman.
0: Yeah, I'm not such a stickler for continuity anymore myself, but as long as I don't do something extremely crazy and against everything that's come before, I'm, uh, I'm happy to read a good story that isn't bogged down in past occurrences.
1: Very true. Well, you know, I always think about they can do whatever they want with the character, short of turning him into a serial rapist. So long as they define it and make it rational. Like, for instance, Superman Confidential. It's going to have continuity issues, but it's a good story. Those continuity issues, however, they, they, they won't disappear for everyone, and they will drag down the story for some. I know people that are not reading it and missing out on a great story because of that. Same with Birthright. And I think with just a little editorial commentary and direction, this problem could be fixed. Heck, even with a Birthright style miniseries. For instance, if I said to you, What does Jorel look like, Steve? What is your, what's your response?
0: Yeah, good question. Um, let me see. For me, uh, he's always been similar looking to Superman, minus the, the hair curl.
1: Bingo. And that's the general response, and it's what most people think. And the editors want us to be okay with that as the general response. And yeah, okay, Adam sees him with a beard, but it's the same guy, and that's the point. Okay. So then, why realign continuity with Infinite Crisis? Why not just institute a new policy of loose continuity? They're trying to have their cake and eat it, too.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, who knows if they even have a plan overall. Uh, It's like they're pandering to the needs and wants of Superman fans of all ages, ages and persuasions. I mean, if you like Silver Age Superman, then there's All-Star Superman. If you like Burn Superman, then there's a nod to that in the Superman Confidential comics going back to those early days. Uh, if you like the movie Superman, then there's action comics with Johns and Donna.
1: Agreed. And, and that's cool. I, I mean, I was all about that a few years back. I just wish they'd step out and say, continuity is dead. Yeah. Because they pretend it's not. I mean, oh, you you get the, it's it's just kind of silly. Yeah. Um, oh, did you get any response on that letter we uh, sent about this being Smallville's last season to the creators? I almost forgot about that.
0: Uh, yeah, good question. Um, Yes, we did get a reply from Al Goff personally. Uh, he stated that it all depends on ratings, but they are definitely planning on another season after this one. So, uh, everything being considered, seven seasons in total.
1: Cool, that's great, I'm glad. I, I hope they can wrap up the loose ends. I mean, heck, maybe they, they can give him a kid in Smallville, too. Kidding! Shh,
0: they might hear you. Yeet! <laughs> talking of su- giving Superman a kid. Uh, what's your take on the kid in the comics?
1: I think they do it in a good way, a way where it won't have to be permanent, but can appease people who like the idea of Superman as a parent. I mean, he is the ultimate father fantasy, after all, where Spidey is kind of like the ultimate adolescent power fantasy on the opposite pole.
0: Yeah, I'm enjoying that angle in the comics. Uh, an interesting way to bring back General Zod, making it personal. Um, and a spit on Zod coming from vengeance on jor son, where uh, here it's Superman taking care of Zod's son.
1: Yeah, the real question is if he survives. They can't kill the kid, but we can't have a young Superman running around. Though it might be a, a way to get Superboy around that lawsuit. Mm,
0: true. Um, should be interesting to see where they take it. Uh, speaking of Superman having a child, that was the topic of our first Big Question segment. So let's hear what Superman fans had to say on the topic. Let's start with the Big Question. First up, we have this response from Matthew Guy. He writes, I am strongly conflicted with this question. If you have a super baby in the mix, while it would add to the comic new plot lines and possibilities, it would also date the comic as the baby ages unless they do the rapid ageing syndrome in soap operas with kids becoming adults overnight. If you leave the baby out of the mix, you have to add a new dynamic reason to draw in new readers into the comics. I would have to be in the camp of no super baby yet in the Superman comics. Like in real life, having a baby changes everything.
1: Willie McKenzie wrote, I've always been of the opinion that a Kryptonian and a human could not conceive a child. I like the idea because it provided an infallible excuse to not ever explore that possibly damaging storyline. But at the same time, it is nice to see them try to take the story in a new direction. I see it as a sort of the movie equivalent of marrying Lois and Clark in the comics. They can work well if they handle it just right. So cautiously optimistic, I think, is the operative term.
0: Cool. And Zach Shapiro wrote in saying... There are two reasons why I think that Clark and Lois having a child is a bad idea. Number one, the most obvious reason is that Clark and Lois are two separate species that just happen to look alike. Superman's genetic makeup is far more complex than that of normal humans considering all of the amazing things he can do such as rise from the grave via sunlight. If a human and an ape cannot procreate, how could a Kryptonian and a human? Number two, The way that it was done in the Superman movies has always bothered me. Superman doesn't seem to be that kind of guy that has sex before marriage. He constantly seems to stand for something great, and to all of a sudden have him making babies out of wedlock doesn't seem to send the right message.
1: Eh, I did not make a monkey and human procreation joke there. Note, please, (laughs) please, people. (laughs) Torn wrote, In the question over whether or not Clark and Lois should have a child in the comics, like you guys said in the October show, I have my pros and cons. First, the pros. If Superman were to truly have a son, then it would not only unlock opportunities for a new Superboy to be added to the mythos, but for there to be a sidekick figure for Superman. Think of what Batman would have been if there had never been a Robin. And now, the cons. If someone ever gave Superman a son, then I'd be afraid people of DC in the future would try to replace Clark as Superman, in the same way that there have been four Flashes and three Robins, along with all the other forgotten originals.
0: Good points there. Now, Lon Mills wrote in saying... In my opinion, the answer could be yes or no, depending on how the child is depicted. As Superman approaches 70 years, it's necessary to shake things up in the Superman universe to keep things fresh and interesting so I can understand the reason of adding a child. In order for me to answer yes to your question, the child would have to be portrayed in a non-cliched way. I don't want him to be Superboy or a little sidekick who helps Superman out in silly ways. Since his son is half-human, he can't have the same powers as Clark. I hope Singer keeps that into consideration if the kid becomes a part of the Superman movie universe. I'd love it if the kid displays a power or two, as he does in Superman Returns, when he's young and the power fades as he gets older. It could be the reverse of how Clark got his powers. If the if they portray if the portrayal of the child goes that route, then I don't mind Superman having a son.
1: CK seventy seven S Man wrote. Hopefully, I'm not the only fanboy dropping a line to support the baby, and that doesn't mean I'm sending gift certificates for diapers, either. Regardless of the fact that I've got baby fever and would like to have my own kids sometime soon, and the strange idea my wife has, has in claiming we can only have a baby when science comes up with a way for me to carry it, ouch, I'm going out on a limb and stating that, as a Superman fan, I really like the idea of the two characters having a child. Not only does this bring some interesting storylines to the table, but I think it's simply the next step in the mythos. Sadly, it's just part of life for our stories to move forward, and I think the same thing should happen with Superman. True, I don't mean it's a good idea to go ahead and age soups to the point of flying around with the care sack of Depends and airborne travel canes, <laughs> yet, <laughs> I do like things to progress a little. There are only so many love triangles and deaths you can throw into the mix. Some point along the way, the human side of Lois and Clark's relationship is a must, unless human and alien DNA just won't combine, and if that's the case... Throw in a story of why they can't have a child. Some people are curious enough to want to see this. Overall, if Supes is immortal or something, he's just going to need company come the year 3125.
0: <laughs> Good point. Now, uh, Sarah Sigaleski wrote, I think they should have a child together. It has been hinted in the comics that Lois and Clark may be interested in having a child. A child would also bring in lots of other potential storylines. Also, Lois and Clark have been married for a long time, so it would be realistic for them to have a child.
1: And finally, Miguel wrote in, stating, Hey, this is my first time listening, and I want to say I enjoyed the show. Thanks, Miguel. In my opinion, I like the storyline of Superman having a kid. I'm a big Superman fan, and I think him having a kid will be fun to see how they continue with that storyline and see how Superman deals with trying to be a good dad and saving the world at the same time.
0: Very good. So it seems the fans are kind of split on the issue, uh no yes or no definite there but uh, thanks for your responses everyone unfortunately we just couldn't fit them all in but you never know you might get your entry included in next month's show for this our next big question go for it Neil
1: and behold the ultimate big question what do you think, ultimately, of Superman Returns? Was it, was it a success? Was it a failure? Was it a mixture of the two, and why? I know few people will have an opinion on this, but please, try and come up with a few words. See if you can.
0: Hmm, nice one. Well, what do you think, people? Have an opinion? If so, there's two ways of getting involved. Go to the Radio KAL webpage at supermanhomepage.com and click on the big question icon to either submit your own response as an audio mp3 file or type your response in the feedback form and we'll read it out in the next edition of Radio KAL. So, time now for the Superman Last Son of Krypton audio drama teaser trailer. Now remember, the Last Son of Krypton audio drama now has its own subscription feed which can, you can subscribe to via iTunes or from the Radio KAL web page. Now, here's what's in store for episode number 23.
2: Lex's day has gone from bad to worse.
1: I wanted you dead, Lex. And, well, let's be honest, I still do. In an excruciatingly slow and painful way. But now, I think I'd like to see you ruined first.
2: John Henry finds new hope among the remains of the steelworks. I found a small section of my old database that hadn't been damaged. Serena begins her power play.
4: Mercy, Parasite and Metallo are out of the way. Metropolis is mine!
2: And finally, everything is revealed. Reprodite, Dr. Anderson. Cloning of Lois, the Pizarros, the Titans of Myth couldn't stop me, and neither could the Titans in Capes. Everything else along the way was just details. The culmination of two years of stories finally arrives. Be there on November 29, two thousand and six, as Pendant Productions proudly presents the Fall of Lex Luthor in Issue 23 of Superman, the Last Son of Krypton. Only at SupermanHomePage.com
0: Time for the super-secret soundbite. Last show, we had 13 people who correctly guessed that the sound we played came from Mortal, the second episode of Season 5 of Smallville. Those 13 people were... Kevin James... Matt Ryan Cade Hand David Goodman Noah Colton Chefsum, Matt Ollie Stephen G Stephen Holmes Bill on on Django Gwen Richards Sean Hemmings and Jamie Maxwell Congrats all Yeah, well done and see if you can guess this new sound taken from an episode of Smallville
2: Do you know what? You're going to have to put up with PB&J because that's the extent of my culinary skills
0: Can you guess which episode of Smallville that sound comes from? If so, use the super secret sound by entry form found at Radio KAL webpage and f- send in your entry. Uh, each person who correctly identifies that uh, which episode that sound comes from uh, will have their name read out in the next Radio KAL show. Time for our Superman song segment.
1: What do you got for us this month, Steve? Uh,
0: actually, we have another fan-submitted song this show. Um, the song is titled Superman and it's by Adam Connell. Uh, A long-time listener of Radio KAL. Adam is a guitar teacher with a music degree, so here's his song. Awesome. Thanks, Adam. Great song. Now, if you have a Superman-related song you'd like to send in to us and play on Radio KAL, please feel free to email. Uh, You can send uh, an email from the uh, feedback form at Radio KAL webpage. Also, if you have a topic that you would like Neil and I to discuss on a future show, drop us a line using the Cal Mail icon found at Radio KAL webpage. Well, that's all we have time for on this edition of Radio KAL. It's been a busy one. Thanks for your input, Neil.
1: Thank you, Steve. Catch you later, everyone, and you stay kneeling, bearded (laughs) Jor-El.
0: You've been listening to Radio KAL from supermanhomepage.com.